Uh, you just know within you yourself when the time is right to start going out and, and meeting people again. Time doesn't heal wounds. The wound, at least for me, my wounds will always be there. And like I told you earlier, I will get triggered. I will cry, but I feel like through time you get stronger. Episode 68 with Annie Ustayan Gomez. Uh, this is the second time she's come on the show, and we get an update from her in her life. Uh, if you want to go back to the original episode, the first time she came on, that was back in February of 2020, and uh, she lost her husband. He left behind two beautiful girls, two barber shops. Annie, of course, doing her very best to take over all of it while still being devastated. Uh, the good news is she's now met her match. She is engaged. So there is a true update here as to what has she done in her life in the last 12 months. A complete 180. She's, it's an awesome episode, and she's in a great place. And so we're going to find out how she got there uh, because we all know mentally we have to get there. When you go through disaster, You know, getting over something is not easy. And so the tips that she gives to those uh, going through similarities of what she went through and just uh, everyday life stuff and you go through stuff and you go through hurdles and you know sometimes you got to hear this stuff to get over some things so here we go annie ustayan gomez let's go last time you were in here was january 2020 yep a little bit different life a, is a, a little lot different different <laughs> A lot of things have changed. Yeah. The world has changed and everybody, I feel like, is on edge. Do you agree with me? I agree 100%. I feel like people don't know how to people right now. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> people don't know how to people. When are you going to have your kids stand in line to get vaccinated? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is the question nowadays, right? Like 2020 January was cool. Like life was okay. This is the question right now. This is the question. This is what we're dealing with right now. Like fast forward... 2021 november how quickly this thing all happened right when i was last in here covid hadn't even hit yet did kobe yeah kobe died oh no covid no but kobe oh, died Kobe died. that was and like the start of oh, right, 2020 that, yeah that was a, that was the start of 2020 and that's when i was in here pre-covid yeah but right after kobe died mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. i remember that now yeah how do you feel now today november 21 compared to january 2020 complete different person i'm a different person yeah i don't even recognize the person come on no no i i feel a change in me i i see a change in me i'm a different person like wow i it's it's incredible to feel that way i'm proud of myself yeah. and how long have you been feeling this way um most of this year most of this year it's been a good year which means that's a long time to feel good meaning you're in a really good space i feel for once, after a very long time, I could say that, yeah, I'm, I'm in a great place. It feels good. What is it? How, do, how are you in this place? What is it? Is it uh, like self-love? Is it therapy? Is it stuff that you've done to yourself that has made you feel better? Is it people around you? Is it COVID? That's kind of like had you settle down in life and realize the like, important things? It's been a year of growth for me. I focused on my mental health this year made it a priority. I went through a lot in the past few years and um, 
realize that mental health is very important, just as important as physical. It's maybe even more important. And I spent time working on some issues. What kind of issues? Well, I would say 2020 caused deep depression for me. Um, Start of COVID? Yeah, yeah, start of COVID. Depression, like when Carlos passed away, depression? What kind of depression? Like, were you getting, were you getting like PTSD type depression or? PTSD will always be with me, Mike. Mm. It will never leave. I've come to terms with that. Um, There are things that will forever trigger me, um, triggering um, emotions, feelings of that time in my life where I had to deal with his, his passing. But later came periods of depression and anxiety. Anxiety was a big one. And it all stemmed from um, developing hypochondria. Hmm. And after getting some help, I realized where the hypochondria came from. I was, you know, because I dealt with this major death in my life, now I was scared that I was going to go next, you know, and that my kids weren't going to have parents. Like that was my whole thing with hypochondria. So anytime anything happened to me, I was devastated and scared that, um, yeah, I was going to die. That your kids weren't going to have parents. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it stemmed from hypochondria and it went to depression and then severe anxiety. So I don't know if you remember, but maybe a year ago you asked me if I would want to come back. Mm -hmm. And what was my answer? It was like a hard no. (laughs) Like Was it? Yeah. You're like, hey, you know, would you want to get back in the studio? And I was like, "Mm -mm, I am not in a good place right now. Mm -hmm. You remember that? You asked me that at the shop. You know, you know, I remember the time when you're going through that keto diet of yours. Yeah. And that was a time where I can kind of tell you weren't, you weren't good. I wasn't good. Things, yeah. I don't know if it was a keto diet or not. I I do specifically remember that day. And I remember you at the shop and I saw you and and I just was not in a good place. Mm -hmm. I was, I was really depressed. I checked up on you the next week. You did. You did. Thank you. That's what friends do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, man, she wasn't, she didn't look good. Yeah. No, that was, I was severely going through depression and I was, I was, I was supposed to be happy then, right? Uh, Eric was in my life already, but um, no, I, I, I had to fight through that one. And that one was COVID-induced. I really feel like that that depression was, it was very stressful owning a business during shutdowns and lockdowns and mandates. And I stressed out so much that I lost a good chunk of my hair on the top of my head. No way. Mm-hmm. Did it grow back? It's growing back. It looks really funny right now. It's little pieces. I am terrified by going bald. <laughs> so when I hear stuff like that, I had a bump on my head. There was a bump right here on my head. Yeah. I don't know where Did it came from. Did you get it checked out? I went to this guy who was a plastic surgeon. Mm-hmm. Guy didn't know what the hell he was doing. Okay. He goes in there and he cuts it out and blood comes out of it. I'm thinking it's going to be some kind of pus. It's going right. to be oil. It's going to be from whatever, the, my hair product that I yeah. use. Blood is coming out, right? And he's like in there, in there. And I can tolerate pain, but he is in there. Wait, why did you go to a plastic surgeon for Because that? I just figured I, somebody just cut this thing open and some oil. You didn't want to get it checked like, out by a doctor? No, me? because it's coming out, not in. Like if it was in my head, I'd be worried. Yeah, going <laughs> out, I don't, whatever. I figured it was just something, but... But Annie, it's high, right freaking here. High recovering hypochondria. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here. So my my worst fear is going bald. Oh, and yeah. my second worst fear is now having just a bald spot <laughs> with a bump. Like I'm a unicorn. So this guy uh, he tells me that give it a week, it should go down. Okay. It went down because he took something out of it. But there's still a little bump there and mm-hmm. it's driving me nuts. And That's there's no hair growing out of the bump. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So then I see a dermatologist. Okay. And she shoots me up with cortisone shots. Okay. Two days gone. Yeah. Two days gone. So when I hear this bald spot stuff, it, yeah. it bothers me. I wanted that that shot. They didn't do that to me. Mm. It would have made my hair grow back. Was it back. from stress? Yeah, stress induced mm. uh, um, alopecia. You, okay. Did you struggle with anxiety, depression, any of this stuff early on in your life? No. It came after Carlos passed 100%, away. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. I lived a super happy life all my life. My marriage with Carlos was like the best thing, and I never once really felt sad. Honestly, I can't even remember a time where I was just, and it wasn't even directly right after Carlos. I thought right after Carlos, yeah, I'm supposed to be sad. Like this is, this is normal. Like I'm grieving, you know? Mm-hmm. And I went through many stages as you do with grieving. And it wasn't until years later where I just, the depression hit me. Sometimes you can't even uh, explain sometimes your depression and why it's there and why you feel this way. I had a follow-up question that I should ask you that uh, the first time we did this episode. You don't have to answer it, but I'm curious. And there was a couple others who listened and asked the same question. And I, I was like, man, what a dummy. Why didn't I ask? The guy who hit Carlos, what happened to him? Nothing. Uh, she wasn't at fault. Um, she didn't do anything wrong, I was told. Yeah. I just remember not wanting to know who it was, what her name was. I didn't want to know the name. Because I knew that that was going to be a major trigger for me later on in life. And I remember one time one of the lawyers or something um, said the name and I got mad at him. Like, I told you I didn't want to know the person's name. But I, I kind of blocked it out um, so I don't have to ever remember that name. But yeah, nothing nothing that I know of happened because there was nothing. She wasn't speeding. She didn't go through a stop sign. It wasn't anything like that. No. Now, you seeked therapy for this? Mike, what's very important for me to tell you and, and anyone listening who might deal with the same things that I have gone through, therapy is very important. And I made a really big mistake of not seeking therapy right away. Um, I regret that to this day because looking back now, I could have gotten more help and dealt with some things rather than waiting a few years. Were you and, told by others to yeah, seek therapy and you're like, I, no, I'm good? I thought I was the strongest person alive. I thought I could do it. I thought um, I could put myself out of anything, you know, I just felt unstoppable. But looking back now, um, I definitely should have seek therapy. What made you finally seek therapy? When I hit, I kind of feel like I hit rock bottom with the depression. Hmm. Yeah. And the anxiety. anxiety. And how was your therapist? Um, Is it your initial therapist? Did you have to find another one? Did you like your first one? I did not like my first one. My first one basically decided... She wants to put me on meds. Right? Yeah, yeah, not a good therapist. No, so I didn't go there. Um, I talked to a, a friend's mom. I, I talked to her a couple times and uh, instantly felt relieved. Instantly, she, now, she's a therapist. She's a therapist. So twice I talked to her and twice and after those two conversations, I realized I should have done this way sooner. Awesome. It's hard for a lot of people to do it because ego pride gets in the way. I don't feel like that was my problem. I just really felt like back then that I could genuinely just get through it. I just really, I didn't think about that. The conversations you were having with your therapist, were you having with friends or cousins? Yeah, I had, I had a lot of support. Why do you think that wasn't helping you rather than the therapist? Because there were things that a therapist knows that your friend's haven't experienced or, or. Mm. so they say a, th- a good therapist 
isn't going to give you the answers. A good therapist is when you talk about your issues and they let you find the answers. Yeah. Did you feel that? 100%. She opened up my eyes to things. A good therapist will uh, dig within you and make you realize things that you didn't even know existed. And that's when you have that moment, you know, that moment of like realization. How many sessions did it take you to open up and feel better? I've talked to a couple therapists. I haven't really stuck to one throughout the years. But um, this one lady who's my friend's mom, she works with her husband together. And and I, I decided to talk to them during like it was like lockdown COVID. And we did a Zoom. We did Zoom sessions. Uh. And this one two hour Zoom session with her really opened up my eyes really and i honestly felt like a changed person do you purge like when you're in those type of scenarios like are you crying are you i'm an emotional person period so anytime someone can dig a little inside me i will cry my eyes out Hmm. do you want to share like some of the stuff that opened your eyes to those who kind of are going through the similar similarities as to what you've gone through where your eyes opened up and made you feel better about it? Well, one of the the issues I was having was actually, you know, dating again. Mm-hmm. So I told her that it feels different. This doesn't feel like how I thought it would feel like. Why is that? And she said, you're a completely different person right now. When you met Carlos, you were much younger and unexperienced. And now at this stage in your life, you've been through some things and you've grown, right? You're in charge of two businesses. You're independent. And so you're going to meet someone. Got got kids. Yeah, I have kids. I'm a mom. Big deal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's like, nothing's going to feel the same as when you did when you were in your early 20s. You're different. So I, I guess I was searching, when I was dating, I was searching for familiarity. I wanted that same feeling I had when I met Carlos, and I, I wasn't finding that. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I, I guess I'm never going to find love again because I'm incapable of feeling a certain way. So she opened up my eyes to this is a different season in your life, and this is a different way of dating. You're, you're grown, you're matured, you're independent, you're a mother, and you're going to find someone that attracts that Hmm. now you were dating and you felt a certain way where you wanted that feeling with carlos Mm -hmm. but you were dating and you didn't find that i was not finding that i didn't know that i'm not gonna find that you probably felt the same way initially when you met eric yeah your fiance I i did my now fiance yes and what was it about him that allowed you to kind of open yourself open your heart and just kind of let go and allow him to be your now fiance. Eric is the kindest, most understanding person I've ever met. He is very supportive. Supportive in every aspect of my life. When it comes to my business, when it comes to my children, when it comes to my history with Carlos. I've I never thought that I'd be lucky enough to find someone so supportive. And that's what drew me to to him. I felt like I could be myself. I could I didn't have to have to hide the fact that I'm a grieving widow. I could talk to him. I could cry to him. Uh, I could talk to him about my kids cuz that was a big thing too. You know, 
newly widowed, I thought, okay, I'm single, and I have two kids, and I have this bar- these barbershops where I'm surrounded with a, a bunch of men. I'm like, this doesn't look good. Dating-wise, this doesn't look good. Um, it, it doesn't look good to those who don't want your best interest. Right, right. Right? But this, I'm telling you how I felt. Okay. I felt like the odds are against me. Mm-hmm. And the chances of me finding someone who will be okay with all of these things in my life is slim to none. That's what I thought back then. Different, different Annie, you know? So when Eric came along, great. He's awesome. He treats me like wonderful, respectful. Did you feel it was too good to be true at the beginning? Or did you feel he was genuine from the start? He was genuine from the start. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like it was too good to be true. I was like, oh, this is a, this is a nice guy. He I, really is a good dude. <laughs> like, he's a good dude. He's yeah. a solid he's human a being. Dude. Yeah, yeah he's, he a, he's a really good guy. He's a really good guy. And it's really important to me that whoever came into my life was accepting of everything that, I, that came along with me, you know? How are the kids initially with him? I think they right away right away wanted to love him right away yeah you think because they were kind of starving for like a father figure absolutely but could that have been anybody i don't know i know uh, i have some some male friends that i would see them be a little different towards like some of the barbers who stepped in and were in my life right away when carlos passed away i could see my girls looking at them differently looking up to them wanting their affection you know and um yeah, when Eric came along, I saw that same thing in, in the girls where they wanted him around all the time. They wanted to, you know, be with him, do things with him, and they were drawn to him right away. He calls them his girls. He, he does. Like his kids. Yes, he, he does. He said that today. <laughs> the dude was cutting my hair, and he's like, yeah, my, as long as you don't touch my kids, we're talking about <laughs> something political, of course, and he's like, as long as you don't touch my kids, you know, I'm good. I was like... You know? I gotta and, say, and that, and that didn't slip. Like the first time he said that, I, I it stopped me in my tracks um, because you know clearly we're in a relationship when he said that, and I my my heart <laughs> it sank and I stopped and I looked at him and and I was like, you you, you said our kids. He goes, well, yeah. That's cool. That's it's, it's yeah. It is. It's sometimes it does feel too good to be true. Honestly, that part where I met this amazing man. Who loves my kids? He loves. He loves as my much kids. as he loves you. Yeah, and he's like eight years younger than you. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> she just broke my table. <laughs> Why are you so thinking about that? Cause it's eleven years. Oh shit! <laughs> eleven years. That's awesome. Yo, that one's not going. <laughs> it's going. Oh man, I'm hot. <laughs> Was that, um, was that, did you feel like that was a deal breaker for yeah, you? Yeah, 100%. When I met him, I mm. was like... How do you even give a guy a chance, right? I wasn't going to. I was not going to. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and what made you? He just, he wouldn't leave you alone or what? He was very persistent. He wasn't, he, he never bugged. We, we met each other at a, at a barbershop event and we clicked right away. There was no denying that connection. But the timing wasn't right, neither for him or me. But we knew that there was a connection. Uh, and I kept bumping into him at other events. And again, we'd just stand there and talk. And we knew that there was a connection. He knew you were 11 years older than him. So if anything, he... Dude, I don't want to 
talk about the but, but he should be the guy who would be like right the means i mean the dude is like really into you then no well duh but yeah that's a that's a pretty big deal he didn't know. No, we didn't discuss age back then. Mm. We didn't. Never once did age get brought up until I asked him at one of the events because he was maybe asking. No, he had my number, but he was asking to hang out or something. And I'm like, look, how old are you? <laughs> this is how far into the relationship? Like first time? No, uh, this is like my third or fourth time bumping into him. Okay. And he told me his age and I was like, no, right? like absolutely not. He goes, why not? I was like, I'm this age and you're that age. It's not. He goes, because of age? Like, you know how he talks? He's yeah. like, so what? <laughs> you know. And he's mature. Yeah, that's why I didn't even like bother asking him the first few times I met him. because it, it just, it wasn't an issue. Yeah. But I had to ask, you You ask people, you know, how old are you? But um, yeah, it was, it was a deal breaker for me. So I thought. Crazy. <laughs> Fast forward, how long have you guys been dating? Um, prior to the proposal a year uh, one year we dated for one year wow. until he proposed yeah wow. were you guys talking about marriage throughout the dating process mm, not really hmm. maybe m- months before the proposal we started talking about it like was he asking you some tough questions or like you knew it was coming or no i didn't know it was coming whatsoever hmm. but we <laughs> He asked me, you know, would you ever get married again? And I said, yeah, yeah, I would. I don't know if I'd have a big old wedding or anything like that, but I told him, like, um, yeah, I'd want to be married again. And <laughs> slick guy, he was like, if you were to, like, pick out a ring or whatever, like, what would you want this time around? Would you want something similar to what you had or would you want something? He's just trying to get, you know, get of it course. out of me. And this is months, maybe like six months before he even proposed, he he made me send him pictures of things that I like. And I'm like, this is weird. He goes, I just want to know your taste. He's just, and I didn't think anything of it. But flash forward six months later when he did actually propose and, and got the exact same ring I sent him. That's wow. that pretty funny. That's cool. There's a lot of single moms and single dads out there. And I think it's tough for a lot of them to get back into the dating scene. Just the responsibility of having kids on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get back at it? What was like the major trigger where you kind of wanted this thing? Like you wanted to get back to dating and eventual marriage. Well, okay. So usually when, when women are widowed, they're at a, they're in an older age, right? So, um, I knew in my early thirties, I was widowed. I knew Mike and I, and I knew this sounds weird, but I knew I didn't want to do life alone. Like I knew that. And I knew when the time was right, I would know when that time was that I'd want to get back out there and, and meet people, you know. It took a few years. And then I think more, so I wanted to go out socially with friends and just to be social. And, you know, you're with kids all day. You want to go out and enjoy, you know. So I did that for a while. But that bar scene, and oh, no, like absolutely not. It was not it. So... As a single mom, you have to find a babysitter, right? You have to find a babysitter, you know. And I live with my parents. I moved back in with my parents after Carlos passed away so that they can help me with the girls. The girls were one and two, right? So I needed help. I couldn't do that by myself. But a few years later, started going out, started feeling good, you know, happier. Yeah, tried the dating thing. 
you feel time heals or did you need more to kind of get over the hump for you to get back at there's it? definitely a hump you have to get over 100 percent. there is a process it, there's a grieving process and if you head out there too soon it's going to be a disaster uh, you just know within you yourself when the time is right to start going out and, and meeting people again time doesn't heal wounds the wound at least for me my wounds will always be there and like i told you earlier i will get triggered i will cry but i feel like through time you get stronger but you're never gonna not feel that pain that you felt that day or the days after you think about them every day oh 100 yeah. every day every day there's not a day that goes by that i don't think about them like multiple times a day yeah and that, i feel like that's normal like when you wake up in the mornings, when you go to bed, or is it just like, what's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the mornings? No, it's not like that. It's not like that. It will be like when I look at Nina, my youngest one, who looks just like him, um, like a certain look she'll give me and I'll remember him. It's just like it's something in your daily, in my daily life that will remind me of him. But it's every day. It's every day. You know, you tell a guy like Eric, your fiance that, and a lot of guys would be like, okay, I get it. But he's all no, about it. He's all about it. I do love that about him. He's very into honoring Carlos and keeping his memory alive, teaching the girls uh, who their dad is. And he's even been with me to the cemetery. Like he's yeah. he's been with me. That that yeah, he's, he's great support, man. Yeah. He really is. What about if uh, Eric doesn't have any children? Do you think it'd be easier for those single moms and dads to date those who have children? So I thought that I was supposed to find someone who has kids. I thought that that was going to be the easy way. But uh, after speaking to some single mom girlfriends that I have who have married um, men with kids, and that's a whole other, that's a whole other uh, struggle, blending your families together. There's a lot more that goes into, oh, you know, you have kids, I have kids, let's all just be a one big happy family. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there I think it does possess some more challenges. I also do think I'm very lucky that Eric's Eric's content with just having our girls. He doesn't want any kids? Um, he's okay with not having any, yeah. He's okay with that. Well I should ask you then, do you want to have more kids? No. <laughs> what about the big day? When's when's the big wedding day? Oh, no plans of a wedding. No plans. We have no plans. This we're, is amazing. We're, we're just going long, with the flow. Long ass engagement. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what is it about you not wanting to kind of rush into getting married? If we do get married, I feel like we'll elope. I I can't imagine myself doing the whole For sure. wedding dress. I've never been married. And that's probably one thing I don't want to do either. <laughs> and I can't imagine a girl who's gone through all that and yeah. wanting to do it all over again. Because yeah. I guess if you were all about you, then it'd be different. Right. Yeah. But you're not. I'm not. And you want. Yeah. I don't want that attention. Eloping sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you see that Instagram post that we went to Vegas. Well, on the way to Vegas. Yeah. Mm. But you're in no rush. Why? I mean, we're we're. We're fine because you're you're living with each other yeah, already. Yeah, live with each other and get the. I mean, the girls call him dad. I don't know if I told you this, but the girls call him dad. Shortly after we got engaged, um, I think they think we got married because Eric, Eric had um, my parents there, his mom there, the girls there. 
So I'm kind of thinking maybe the girls thought we got married because that conversation came about, oh, what do we call him now? Mm. And I was like, well, whatever you want to call him, you know. And then <laughs> That's cool. they came up with dad real quick. But yeah, everything everything seems fine the way it is right now. I don't see a reason to, to rush right now mm-hmm. or just hurry up and get married. Like we're, we're so good right now. Especially if you're living with each other. Like I think, I don't know, making it official official if... It doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me at all. It's just, we'll do it. You know, when the time feels right, we'll do it. But it's kind of like right when you get engaged, that's the next question everyone's going to ask you. So when's the wedding? It's annoying. When's the kids? When, you know, all these questions are going to come and we're just like, we're cruising. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for being so basic. It's your job. <laughs> Sorry. It's not even a job. <laughs> right. Is he thinking about adopting the kids? We've spoke about that lightly spoke about it but we haven't had like a deep conversation but i feel like at a drop of a dime he would adopt the girls and call them his i hear a car he calls them his but yeah he wouldn't hesitate to do that man hearing about your 2020 ventures and and then hearing about how you are today it's pretty cool that you've kind of done a 180 yeah. And, and you're a different person and you feel so much better about yourself and you're happier. Look, it took a lot of focus. It took a lot of focusing on mental health to get where I'm at today. You helped your mental health by seeking therapy or what other things did you do? Getting rid of negative in your life. People. People. Sometimes people excuse themselves from your lives and then you realize, okay, maybe... That was the reason why I was feeling a certain way, you know. What other negatives? Let me think deep into those days because, you know, I'm in such a good place right now that it's yeah. hard It's hard to go you. back to that darkness and, and relive it. Not saying that it's hard to relive, like, to talk about it, but sometimes you've moved so past it that sure. it's, it's hard to look back. That's awesome. Seriously, what a place. <laughs> That's super cool. Well, and Eric being around is probably some more look with with eric coming around i want to make it clear it wasn't oh i was sad i met i met eric and now i'm happy there was a huge adjustment when i met eric it wasn't i'm i'm sad i met eric and now i'm happy i had to learn how to be in a relationship again and that wasn't easy for me and while i was with eric i was struggling And some days he didn't even know I was struggling, but it was just a mind game with me. Like I'm talking to myself in my head on, oh, can I do this? Can I not do this? He has no idea what I'm going through right now. But um, like I told you earlier, I remember telling him like, I I don't know if I could do this. And he kind of laughed at me and said like, just so you know, I'm not going anywhere. So we're just going to get through whatever this is you're going through and, and we'll be fine. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't an option for him. Do you compare him to Carlos? I did a lot in the beginning and that's that's a mistake. You should not ever do that. Two totally different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carlos's family, do they see the kids? Uh, I have a good relationship with Carlos's mom right now. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She's awesome. And I want the girls to know their grandma and I want them to know their Mexican side because they are you know, half Armenian, half Mexican, and um, I love when she teaches the, uh, the girls Spanish, and um, every so often, you know, because of COVID, we kind of, you know, had to stop the visits and everything, 
Um, but we, we recently went back, started going back. I dropped them off and I purposely, you know, dropped them off to her so that they have their one-on-one time with each other. It's different when mom's around. So I like when I leave the girls there and, you know, she tells them stories about Carlos. She'll teach them Spanish and she'll cook her food. And that's all I want, really. I want the girls to really just remember Carlos's mom. Have some of those traditions, too. Mm-hmm. How about your parents with Eric? Oh, they love him. From day one? Yeah, it was never uh, an issue. Yeah. Were they worried or nervous or scared meeting him initially? Yeah, it was maybe a little tough on my mom, even though she wanted me to move on, you know, and and not be alone. She was very concerned that I was going to be alone. And, you know, when when we get together with, with mom and aunts and so have you met anyone yet? And I'd be like, no. But the day that I did tell her I met someone, it's kind of like she was taken aback. And then one day when I told her, well, I want you to meet him. And I could see that there was a little, like she wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. And we had a moment, her and I, where I I was a little bummed out, you know, that she wasn't ready, but she realized, you know, this is, this is not about her. So when she, when she did meet Eric, it was all good. Well, that's the impact Carlos made too, right? For her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she really loved Carlos and we'll shed a tear still to this day, you know, thinking about Carlos, but she, she loves Eric. Yeah. It's funny because they have this relationship where, you know, she, well, she'll tell me, she goes, oh, are you treating him right? Are you cooking for him? Are you cleaning for him? Nice. You know, and she, <laughs> she wants to make sure Eric's taken care of. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Did you think you'd fall in love again? I was hoping I would, but I didn't know that it was going to be this hard to fall in love again. Does that make sense? It was hard for me to fall in love again. Naturally, the feelings are there when you get giddy, when you meet someone, right? But when it came down to it and I was asking myself, is he the one? I was so hesitant. I was so hesitant, so scared, didn't know what to do, almost backed away, went back in, and it was just, it was a scary process to fall in love. Did me. you date prior to Eric a lot? I mean, I tried. Yeah. I tried here and there, but again, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling what I thought I should be feeling. Well, maybe maybe you, that was a good thing because yeah, I met Eric. For and, sure. And, and you go back to the comparisons, right? The number one rule that you shouldn't be doing. Never compare. Yeah. Wrong. And it's not fair to that that new person coming into your life. It's not fair. At what point in your relationship with Eric were you like, no, I don't think this is going to work? Um, at the beginning and a, a little into it, a few months into it. Because you're probably in your head, right? A lot, a yeah. lot. That's what I do in general. I'm always in my head, always overthinking, never going with the flow, pre-planning. That's just what I do. So... I won't forget that day where I, I told him I have doubts and I, I, I laughed because his reaction was like, that's cute. Like mm. I'm not going anywhere. When he said that, what, how did that make you feel? Relieved. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he's not going to let me, you know, do anything. Um, going back to the mental health stuff that we discussed, how long after Carlos passed, wh- wh- like when did you feel down and out? I mean, immediately after until... But but you felt like you didn't need therapy until when? Honestly, Mike, until recently. Yeah, until a year ago. So he passed away in 2015 and barely 2020, I was like, okay, I need help. Combination of COVID, business stuff, mandates, and Carlos probably, right? Yeah, because oh, it was... 
right before Eric and I started talking, and I would say a good three, four years after Carlos passed, I felt like I needed help because anxiety started creeping in and hypochondria started. So first I'm dealing with depression because he passed away, right? And then anxiety. Do you know what anxiety feels like? Have you, do you, you okay. Some people don't know. That's why I'm asking. Um, I think everybody has some sort of anxiousness. I think they're just at different levels. Okay. My level I felt was like level 10 anxiety. Couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Panic attacks. Panic attacks. Yeah. So. And you're by yourself? I was by myself. With the kids? Like when you're feeling this way? Because my parents had left for the summer to Armenia. I'll never forget this. My parents left for the summer in Armenia, to Armenia. And it was me and the girls for the first time really alone for a long period of time. So I had to be a mom, right? I am, I'm a mom, but I had no help. Of course, I have aunts and friends and everything who would ready to step in if I needed help. But it wasn't then that I realized that uh, I suffer from anxiety, severe anxiety, crippling anxiety, where hypochondria got the best of me oh no, what if something happens to me? Oh, this headache, is it a tumor? Like, it was bad. That was when I first got help, and I did. I did get put on medication. I I really, I have to be honest with that. It was the only solution at that moment to just bring me back down to reality. And it was a super microdose. It was something really small that I think at now, and I look back at it, it was probably like the placebo effect kind of, like, I felt like I was doing something for myself, but it did help me with the anxiety. And I remember right when Eric came into my life, I was like, well, I don't need these anymore. There you go. I mean, that's part of the medicine. Having a guy like that. Yeah. The support. Yeah. Especially with two kids living on your own. Yeah. Because you just moved out of your parents. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he came along. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys started living together. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and that helps. It did. I, that I was, helps your yeah, cause. Like yeah. that. I couldn't wait to just let go of that medication. I didn't. I didn't want to be on it. How long were you on it for? A year. Well, that's yeah. a long time. Yeah. And it was making you feel better. So, so I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That I don't, stuff is. Yeah. Not, I mean, look. I, I, there's like clinical. I don't want to give wrong advice, but yeah. like, people are born with clinical depression right. and anxiety. Like I, yeah. I don't know what that's like, and I, and I, and I get mm. it sometimes. Um, we all do, I think, especially nowadays. It's crazy, but I say that that medication is so bad for you. But it's so bad. But I think. I think it really did help me. Yeah. At least get you well, back. Okay. It got, At least get mm-hmm. you back on track yeah. because I think long term is not good for you. Like I think it yeah. does other, other well, stuff. That was my goal. I was like, oh, I just life. felt like I used it to get into a better place yeah. uh, mentally and it did help me. And I knew that I was going to get myself off of it. Like that was my goal. And look, if you're on it, Hey, whatever works for you. For sure. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like I want people to be happy. If that stuff makes you happy, I'm I'm okay with it. That's okay. But I just I think the like relying on it and you living yeah. it sucks. It yeah. sucks. I anxiety, depression, all that stuff is not not fun stuff. No. Did you have suicidal thoughts? Never. Never okay. that. Never that. But my thoughts were re- very dark. How'd you take care of your kids when you're in that little moment? Oh, something about moms and and when you're in mom mode and when your kids are around that you don't it's not about you. 
You didn't show them that you were going through this stuff? Never once. I don't think they ever knew that mom was unhappy. When you had panic attacks, what type of attacks were they? Like, what were you going through? Mm, I'd cry a lot. I'd cry a lot for no reason. And I couldn't understand the reason why I was crying. Like, those were the extent of my panic attacks. Um, Never once did they see me. Always after I took them in bed is when I could release. I think a lot of moms do that. But I can tell you they've never seen me cry. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that was very important for me when Carlos passed away. I did not want to see, I didn't want the girls to see me cry. And because I just remember when I was young and, and, and I'm like my mom, we're super emotional. So when my mom would cry, when I was younger, I remember this, I'd just start crying with her. Mm. And I didn't want to do that to my girls. Uh, Cause I remember how that felt. And I was just like, I don't want them to feel that way. So mom never cried in front of them. And do the girls cry about sad things? Um, my oldest one is just like me. She's very emotional. So she cries, but they don't, they, I can't say they've ever felt sad. Mm, That's great. Yeah. That's so important, man. Uh, I've always taught them about their dad and I'm sorry. So the girls know Carlos as Papa. So now they call Eric dad. So now they have Papa in heaven and they have dad down here. So when we talk about Papa, they've always been happy. So we've always been to the cemetery on his birthday, on their birthdays, on any holiday. So they associate having a father in heaven as their protector and they think it's an awesome thing and they're blessed to have a dad in heaven and a dad down here. So they they don't think anything sad of it. You see Carlos in your dreams? Uh, Once in a while. Once in a while. What are they? What are the dreams like? Same dream every time. We're reunited. And he's like, I'm back. Holy shit. Yeah. And the whole day is like ruined for me. Because I'm like, that's not cool. Don't oh do that. God. Don't do that to me. What the heck? Yeah. So it's the same dream every time. And I've seen it maybe four times. Same venue? Where are you guys? No, it's it's not a setting. I can't describe a setting. But it's like the same words. Like, hey, I'm back. Sorry I left. It's got something like that. Damn. Do they last long? No. Quick. But it's always like a, I felt like I, I got a visit in my dream from him. And he was just like checking in. And even Eric's seen him in his dreams. Even Eric has seen him. What are those dreams like for him? Does he share? Yeah. He shares. Yeah. We, we're so open. Yeah. There's nothing we don't talk about. I even remember a time where I was feeling sad. And he held me and it was like, you know, it's okay to miss him. I, you know. I'm I'm not going to think anything less of you. It's okay. You've yeah. you've been through a lot. But Eric um kind of saw him in his dream and Eric felt like uh he was he was nodding like a yes, like I approve. Man. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah. You you were put in a really tough spot. You really were. And for you not only to bounce back, take care of the shops, his little legacy that he built. Yeah. It'll and forever be the kids. Yeah. His legacy. And then to find a guy like Eric. Blessed. And, dude, Eric is like, he's crazy for those kids. And he's crazy for you. <laughs> what for, do you guys talk about when he cuts your hair? I can't talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I can't talk about that. No, we, he's, he's always talking about the kids. Always. I always tell him he was born to be a dad or to be a father figure he does it so well hey and and don't get me wrong there was a we had to find our groove you know when it came to parenting styles it wasn't like he came in and you know there was a lot of learning 
on both ends. He had to learn how I've been parenting these girls their whole life. They had to learn that, hey, there's another person in this household who's telling us what to do. Did they ever give him attitude, like, initially? Oh, all the time. Okay. But, like, no, initially, but, where it was oh, like, oh, no, no. I want this guy around right now. It oh, wasn't like any... never that. Oh, no. Sweet. Very yeah. welcoming right away. Oh, sweet. Um, when he walks through the door after work, they're literally on top of him, just like, Dad, you know? And I get mad, because I'm like, we're calm. And then you come home from work, and everyone's just jumping around. But they're just so excited to see him walk to the door. That's amazing. What about the adjustment of living together? How Ooh. long did that take you? <laughs> you know, any any two people that come together to, li- to live together is a whole adjustment. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm, me, st- I'm still adjusting. You're still okay. It's been about how long now? <laughs> uh, maybe a year. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. about to be a year that we've been living together. And you're still adjusting. Look, communication is key. You have to tell your partner what's bugging you. <laughs> you have to. And so if I don't like the way he chews, I'm going to tell him. Choose. <laughs> choose like his food. Food. He's, he's a big, uh, he's he a, opens the mouth up a, and yeah. eats. Yeah. But he's so patient with me, I swear. I will tell him all the things that annoy me about him. And I'm like, now you tell me so that I could work on myself and, and make sure I'm not annoying you. This guy says there's nothing I do that annoys him. Not a single thing. I think it's a lie. <laughs> That's crazy. That has to be a lie. That's crazy. I am so... I could be There's got to be something. He says nothing. And I re- I ask him this like every like couple months. I'm like, so... Did you come up with a anything? list yet? Because you're perfect. Like I can't... Wow. Even he's like, even the way you sleep, you just sleep like in the cartoons with your hands on your... <laughs> under your face and just... How long did it take to adjust sleeping with somebody in the bed? It's it's hard. It's still hard. It's still hard. It's still Look, hard. Look, I went, I hmm. went, you know, five, six years... Um, alone. alone yes in bed. Um, yeah, it's a great thing uh, yeah <laughs> i love sleeping by myself i worry about you sometimes <laughs> yeah. look i've always said you know if i get married my master bedroom will be two king size beds next oh to each other my God. right you can have that king that size i'm gonna have that king size yeah and make like a big ass custom bed i think you're onto something right like you can have that zip code i'm gonna have the zip code <laughs> Sleeping is an adjustment. It and, is. And it's, how important is sleep? It is very important. And I'm very grumpy. I'm very grumpy in the mornings. And he, he knows that. Like I said, there's no, he says that there's nothing I do. How? I'm so grumpy in the mornings. And he still deals with me. Brings me my coffee every morning, you know. And I'm over here like, you snored last night. Your leg was titching last night. <laughs> <laughs> he takes it. Yeah. He takes it. What else? Um, You know, I'm still... Remember the last time I was here, I was like, one day I want to be able to to help young widows. Mm. I'm still I'm still on that. I'm I still have this strong urge to start something. I just don't know how. <laughs> you know, uh, I really feel the need. There's a lot of support groups out there, and there and, are, and, yeah. and they've helped me too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like okay, I think it's time for me to start my own somehow some way because this last podcast that i do with you i met a few young ladies and we connected and now i feel like we're, we're instagram friends we've yet to meet but there are a couple of women that I and they're in- they're they're widow yeah they're widows yeah okay so and they were talking about their experiences too or we what? shared our experiences and all they- via dm yeah, mm-hmm. they thanked me for opening up and being so open with my experience, and then they would share theirs, and then it made me feel good. 
It made me feel so good to talk to someone and and they may be at a different stage in their grieving process. And, and, and here I am a little further along. So they said that I gave them hope, you know. We always think we're alone. Well, like you always think, yeah, you always yeah. thought you were alone. Yeah. Your anxiety, depression, right. all that stuff. Because people you, don't really talk about things like that. But Annie, you were worried about the unknown. Mm-hmm. That, in my opinion, that's where the anxiety comes from in life. Yeah. We're all worried about the unknown. We're, we have something on our mind. Yours was, I might die one day and my kids won't have parents. Mm -hmm. That's the unknown. You don't know if it's going to get there, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you don't know when it's going to come. I'm sure in your case, it's going to take a lot of years, you know, 50, hopefully 50, 60 years from now. Hopefully. So, but that's what it is. That's where it's, that's in my opinion, that's where it's coming from. Right. Because I didn't feel this way before Carlos passed away. And with with his passing, I felt like the rest of my days were like unknown. Like you said, like I didn't know what the next day, week, month, year might bring me. And maybe that's what what started causing my anxiety. Because when I was married, there was not a single worry. Mind you, married, younger, no kids. uh, Not a lot of stress. Less stress. Yeah, not a lot of stress. No COVID. Yeah, no COVID. (laughs) But in, yeah, your scenario, you were like, boom. This thing just dumps on you. Yeah. And now I have to run a business. Yeah. I got two locations. Single mother. You you were dealt a, a, a decent hand. Yeah. You know, where you... Like I said, I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, what a journey that was to just, first of all, figure out the businesses, the finance aspect of it all, to learn the business, the barbering business, you know. Um, to be in charge of 10 men all of a sudden. Yeah, I remember there were days where, um, you know, they say when you're grieving, you some people tend to just want to keep busy just to like deflect from the fact that... Your mind you, off yeah. of things, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I remember so many days, and this is where my mom guilt sets in. Um, so many, the girls were one and two when, they passed, when he passed away. So, so many days I would be like, mom, you have to watch the girls. I have to go to the shops today. And she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you need to be there. And all the shop needed that day was toilet paper, you know? And I was just like, I got to go. I got to go get, I got to, I got to, you know? Mm. So for years on end, I kept busy so hard. Smart. To not let myself like fall into this dark hole. You need a distraction. Yeah. I always say when people are lying around doing nothing, our minds tend to always go the wrong way. Yeah. So our minds have to be kept busy at all times. Well, yeah, for the first five years, I was at either barbershop every day. Every day, wake up, get dressed, head out to one of the shops. And, you know, I'm not a barber, you know, but I was observing the crap out of everyone and learning and absorbing everything I possibly could Mm -hmm. while having a good time too because the guys, uh, especially at the Long Beach shop, are clowns and you you couldn't be in that shop and not laugh or smile or have a good time. So I looked forward to that every day. You know, for sure. Um, it's fun. It's a good environment. Do you ever think about cutting hair? I did a few times. Yeah, I did. I almost like signed up to to go to school to be a barber, but I realized I, I don't have the time for it. The two shops and my kids, and I probably would have dropped out or something, just being so overwhelmed. But it's crossed my mind a few times. What else? Um, with the girls, with my kids. It was interesting watching them 
accept this this man into their lives because other people saw it too my parents saw it um other you know relatives saw a change in the girls too they seem more happy now they said you know and i remember like a couple of weeks ago i took the girls to uh, a restaurant and it was just me and the girls and that's rare these days it's always four of us now but it was just me and the girls and they're older now so i can kind of talk to them and 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 Sometimes their answers are super funny and it just makes me laugh. So I was questioning them on some things. And I was like, girls, do you remember um, back like a few years ago, it, it used to just be me and you, uh, me and you two? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, and now? And Nina finished the sentence for me and she goes, now we have dad and we're happy. Oh my gosh. And it was just like, I held my heart like, oh my gosh. You know, I, I, I didn't question her too much on that statement because I just loved the way it came out of her she's happy and she let me know that you know that she's happy that eric's in her life it's uh it's a pretty amazing scenario you've you've given some really good advice to those who were kind of in your same boat but what would be your your advice to those that are going through your same journey to give yourself time to heal focus on yourself and your mental health first and foremost grieving is a journey never really ends it will be a part of you for the rest of your life and once you accept that things kind of get easier yeah i i really feel like i'm i will carry a pain with me for the rest of my life in september it was his sixth year anniversary of his death and i cried it's been six years and, and on and off that day i cried the whole day i felt the pain i felt that day when i was told he passed away. It's like, uh, I can't explain it, but it's like an actual pain in your chest. When um, I remember having, when my mom told me that he passed away. And that day, that six year anniversary, I, my chest was just tight and just hurting. I just feel like the the PTSD aspect of it is never going to go away. Um, you're always going to feel a certain pain. And that's okay, because that pain is the feeling you have towards him right this loved one that's no longer in your life you're feeling for him so it's okay to feel that pain hold it with you for a little bit but don't forget to to let it go and move on as well different kind of pain today than it was a year ago it's less painful but the pain is still there yeah i mean let's say i wasn't in such a good place in my life let's say eric wasn't in my life and let's say i wasn't so happy maybe that pain would be stronger yeah i agree so, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I think a backbone, a support system at any time when you're going through some sort of uh, heartache in life is ne- is needed. 100%. You Doing things like that by yourself is nearly impossible. Look, I, I was blessed. I was blessed with awesome friends who just took good care of me from the minute he passed away. And maybe up until I met Eric, maybe they felt like, okay, we can... We can let her go and, you know, she seems okay now. Maybe that's, you know, but not everyone's lucky enough to have a support system. Mm -hmm. So that's when I think, well, maybe I should, I should be that person for people who don't have that. How are you going to start it? Look, um, off the top of my head, you know, social media is a big thing right now, right? So I, the only thought I've come up with so far is to somehow find a group based for just young widows. Young widows is way different than in grieving older widows, mm-hmm. right? 
So I'm, I'm more focused on people, women who've lost their husbands early on in life. The single moms who have young kids. So that's where I'm leaning towards um, starting a group where we, this is just, I'm just thinking out loud right now, where we, you know, meet once a month and talk about our feelings, but also have a good time and just know that it's going to be okay. It's it, it doesn't sound like a down depressing once a month meeting. This sounds like a no, fun yeah, once yeah, a month it, meeting. The point is maybe it's like a two part meeting, you know, where it's like we get our feelings out because that's yeah. very important oh, yeah. to to release. And then once, you know, everyone's released and, and, you know, then it's time to show them like, you know, there is life after, you know, this loss. And, you know, my, my thing would be to show them, to show them, um, you know, that you can smile and be happy again. How many people do you foresee being in this group? I, I, I don't know. I never yeah. thought about that, but I would see a small group of us, you know. You already have a handful yeah, that I have you know a, of? Yeah, I have a few, yeah. And those, that that's the kickoff. And I'm sure they know somebody else. And making a difference in life is important to me, however way. I mean, that's why I do this. This, you'd be making a difference to those who really need it. I really feel a yearning. Just, Annie, just do it. Seriously, just do it. I just don't want to do it in a wrong way. I don't know if that even makes sense, why, but I just... Why do you feel it's, it, would, it would be wrong? Mm, or how to go about reaching and finding these people who need help. How do I start that, you know, that step? Well, the cool part is, is that you already know three or four people. Mm -hmm. You start there. Yeah. Some people don't know anybody. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you've got like a, you've got something that can kind of kick this thing off. Yeah. And then the word gets around. You start a Facebook group. I feel like it's getting closer. I feel like I'm almost there where it's coming to me. Because I think about this a lot, almost every day. Like, okay, I got to think of something. Uh, I, I just I have that need to want to help. You think about something all the time. That's that's, oh, that's God putting yeah, stuff in your brain. I agree. And he's telling you, okay, uh, here I am again, yeah, letting you know yeah, about it again. Are yeah. you going to do this thing or what? And the one thing about me is when I have something on my mind, I will 100% make it happen. I bought a car on Monday because I wanted to um, <laughs> buy a new car. How did you get a new car? Aren't they all Why in is Long that? Beach? What do you mean? They're all in I, ships. And I walked into a dealership yeah. and I traded my car in. Like, what no did you problem. buy, a 1960 <laughs> Volkswagen? <laughs> no, a, a, tw a 2022 Honda Pilot. And there was tons of them on the lot. I don't know why people are saying this. You know why? Because Karen doesn't buy pilots anymore. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Mad mom in a minivan. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Good. Congratulations. I'm a cool mom. You were a very cool mom in that pilot. <laughs> That's awesome. Congrats. Uh, when are you going to start this thing? January 1st? Whoa. Um how, okay look okay. how better of a year right yeah, to start no that's that's good put the pressure on me i, I want that uh if i have a date then i'll start working towards it yeah do it yeah do it New and year. the first thing you should do your initial would be hitting up those moms yeah and saying hey guys i'm starting this group and i want you guys in yeah i guarantee yeah. that they will be in yeah i guarantee guaranteed for sure no i'm gonna next year you guys would have a uh, you guys would have a good time mm -hmm. together, and you guys would make each other feel really good. I think so. That's the image. That's the feeling I have. It's going to be a good, positive uh, gathering of women who've just been through some things. Women who have just been through some things. I tell you, every time I get a woman on here who's gone through things, 
Uh, they're tough. You guys are tough. And a lot of the, a lot of women wear capes. They really do. In some way, somehow, they just mentally get over hurdles and just somehow get through things. And I know a lot of guys, sometimes it's really tough for us to do it. <laughs> uh, but we've got this, you know, this manly aspect. And externally, we look tough. Sometimes inside, we're not. And we go through things in some way, somehow, man. You girls, women... You guys are awesome. I think it's an amazing idea. Uh, we're now in January 2022. I'm not sure if she did that or not. I'm going to find out uh, personally, reach out to her, and see if she's done that group. I don't think it's going to be very difficult if it's one person. I think that one will grow into multiple. So I'll tell you what. If you are going through that, or if you have somebody that is going through it as a widow, and I don't think she would say no to men men have lost their wives too and there's a lot of single dads out there and um, who knows maybe a woman and a man can meet at this uh, group and when they all go out how about that and then she can start some uh, online dating website wow wow I'm gonna be an investor so reach out to her if you think it's a good idea for yourself or somebody going through that her personal instagram is in the show notes and so will her barbershops i'll put both of them in there so you guys reach out to her inspire her to grow this thing and create it because it's needed it's really cool we've got a few exciting episodes coming looking forward to rolling those out the card games sports cards pokemon nfts these things are going like crazy like wildfire i'm gonna find out about it from a guy in chicago who is making a lot of money doing it. And it's unbelievable how this thing has come back all of a sudden. We'll find out about that. A life coach is also going to come on. Uh, I met him randomly, and he is an awesome guy. I can't wait to talk to him and produce that episode as well because life coaches are cool. (laughs) They're really cool. Looking forward to 2022. I think it's going to be a decent year, and I say that because I think we're going to have to deal with some some things, but I don't think we're going to have to deal with as many things as we did in 2021. I just feel like people are kind of just fed up with things. And so uh, you, you can only hold back Americans for so long. It's time for us to unleash, break down our jail cells, and start to live again as Americans. Most of my content is on Instagram. That's Miked Up Pod. That link as well in the show notes. Connect at Miked Up Pod is the email if you want to reach out to me via email. So give me a follow if you'd like. And also follow the show on apple podcast or spotify if you have two minutes give me a review on apple podcast i'd appreciate it the five star rating if you like it and on spotify they just added a little feature at the top of the page it's got stars on there if you can give me five stars you would be amazing that'd make me feel good until next time folks i am mike gabriel thank you for making me a part of your day this is mike the pod no wasted days let's go Come on.